Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked in with your host, Brent McGuire. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Obviously, a lot has happened since we last talked on Thursday. So in today's episode, we are going to break down the final weekend for the Angels. We're going to talk about the firing of Angels general manager, Billy Epler, and then we will spend the rest of the episode previewing the American League playoff picture. But before we get into today's episode, uh, just want to let you guys know that I'm taking a little bit of a leave of absence from social media. It's just a crazy time. And with the Angels season being over, I kind of just need the mental breather to be away from being aware of everything that is going on in the world right now. So if you're looking to contact me, you can email me at brentjmaguire94 at gmail.com. I will leave that in the description uh, so you guys can have that for your convenience. But just wanted to give you guys the heads up in case you were trying to contact me through Twitter. I'm going to be away for a little while. Just feel like it's in the best interest for me. Uh, as far as other things go, make sure to download and subscribe the Locked on Angels podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it be Google, Spotify, or Apple. So when we last talked on Thursday, the Angels were still in the playoff picture and they put themselves in a position where if they were able to sweep the Dodgers and the Astros were to get swept this weekend, the Angels would have been in the playoffs, despite the fact that they would have finished with a 500 or below 500 record. Obviously, that did not happen. I know a lot of Angels fans were tuned in on Friday night. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, I was watching both the Angels game and the Astros Rangers game and it was I gotta say it was kind of fun watching a couple games and like actually realizing that there might be a chance obviously the Rangers had a crazy comeback at the end of the game and were able to win but the Angels lost so it didn't matter the Angels were eliminated on Friday they ended up getting swept by the Dodgers in this series and finished the season at 26 and 34 that marks the sixth straight season the Angels have not made the playoffs the fifth straight season that they finished under 500 and it pretty much took no time for the Angels to announce that they were firing Billy Epler, the Angels GM, like basically right when the game ended. And I don't think anybody was quite surprised by this. I know this is something that I have talked about on this podcast recently and I didn't want to start diving in and speculating too much until we knew what the details were. But I mean, the Angels did not waste any time uh, firing Epler. So obviously after five seasons, Billy Epler is done. Um, As far as other interesting notes on the firing of Billy Epler, it was pretty interesting. Uh, Per Fabian Ardaya of The Athletic, he said Epler received a contract extension earlier this summer. So they are going to be paying Billy Epler next season in the 2021 season, as well as paying former manager Brad Osmus, who was fired after last season. So pretty interesting to note that the Angels are going to be paying multiple GMs and managers at the same time next season. But I mean, in terms of Billy Epler, I I think if you're listening to this podcast, you kind of know the story of Billy Epler and why he was ultimately fired on Sunday following the Angels season ending. But it's worth repeating his track record and some of the things he did well and didn't do well. So you just look at the sheer record that the Angels had. So they won 
47% of their games in the five years that Billy Epler was here. They won 332 games, lost 375. Like I mentioned before, they did not finish above 500 one time in those five seasons. And it's a little disappointing because you could kind of see the trajectory of the team. When Epler took over in his first full season in 2016, the team won 74 games. And that, that was not a very good team, but they peaked the next couple of years. They won 80 games in both 2017 and 2018. And that was kind of that time where you're like, okay, this team has Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, Angelton Simmons. They've got the developing farm system. The expectation was they were going to kind of gradually grow into the sustainable winner. But then things just went south in a hurry in 2019. Didn't get any better this year. And again, it, it wasn't too surprising that Billy Epler was gone, especially when you consider that this was a season where half of the teams in baseball were making the playoffs. It was a shorter season. You didn't have to do too much to make the playoffs. I mean, the Astros were literally in a free fall for the last couple of weeks. We saw the Milwaukee Brewers make the playoffs despite not being above 500 the entire season. So the fact that Epler was not able to get the Angels over the hump even this year was kind of like the final uh, tipping point for Billy Epler. But I kind of want to look back on what Epler did well and what he didn't do well and kind of like his overall track record. I kind of want to start with some of the things that he did well. And I think it's really worth mentioning that Billy Epler took over a horrible situation. And I know I've talked about this in the past on the show, but it's worth repeating that Billy Epler took over a team that was a gigantic mess. If it wasn't for Mike Trout being on the team, I mean, that was a brutal situation. You had a team that had just had this mega PR nightmare with Jerry Depoto, Mike Sosha, Artie Moreno. They were a team without a GM for the last couple months, despite the fact that they were competing in August and September of 2015. They had an inflated payroll. They had overpaid players who weren't performing up to what their salaries were. The farm system was the worst in baseball. I mean, this was a really, really bad situation. And Epler was just at a significant disadvantage right from the start. And you look at some of the things that he did when he was with the Angels, and it's not like he didn't do anything for this franchise. I mean, he extended Mike Trout to be an Angel for life. That is just, that's a huge one that the fans loved. Obviously, that was like a universally praised move by pretty much everybody. He traded for Angelton Simmons in like his first offseason, and that was a steal of a trade. Angelton Simmons was one of the best players for the Angels over the last half decade. Really good move for Billy Epler. Obviously, signing Shohei Otani was a big one. Signing Anthony, Anthony Rendon, trading for Dylan Bundy, being able to turn around the farm system pretty quickly considering where that unit was at. I mean, it was all things considering he did a pretty good job. He had the almost impossible task of trying to rebuild this team, but also putting a competitive team on the field. It's really hard to do both of those things at the same time. He came in in the spot and was able to bring in talent to the organization. It's not like he wasn't able to add players through the draft. He had Joe Adele, Griffin Canning, Brandon Marsh. So there were a lot of good things that Billy Epler did. But unfortunately, the one thing that Epler didn't do was bring wins to the Major League Ball Club. And at the end of the day, that is the most important thing without a question of doubt. And not making the playoffs in your five years despite the fact that you had Mike Trout, that's, it's just a tough pill to swallow. Even if you acknowledge that it was a tough situation to take over, five years is a pretty long time to be able to 
get get the team to where you want to get them at. And obviously there were some things he did well, but you look at some of the things that Epler didn't do well. Like I think the main one, the obvious one is the inability to add pitching. They obviously had a lot of injuries towards the beginning of Billy Epler's time, but over the last couple of years, we just saw that there was this, they, it was a pretty clear philosophy that they didn't want to spend big on starting pitching. They were considered to be in on a lot of pitchers like Garrett Cole, Patrick Corbin, Zach Wheeler, some of these types of pitchers, but they were never able to bring any of them in. So they ultimately settled for guys like Matt Harvey and Trevor Cahill and Julio Teron. And it just didn't work out. The Angels pitching staff was one of the worst units in all of baseball over the past couple years. And that's something that Billy Epler was just ultimately not able to, he was not, never able to fix it. And I think another area where Epler kind of struggled was as you know quickly as he was able to turn around the farm system, he was also not really able to add too much depth. We saw this in some of his drafts where he got those big names like Joe Adele and Griffin Canning and Brandon Marsh towards the beginning of the draft. But as the draft went on, you didn't get a ton of those guys like you didn't get those 10th round uh, college signs who ultimately like made it to the major leagues and provided value. You didn't find guys in the 17th round or the 25th round. Like these are, you look at some of the the better teams in terms of developing players. They were always able to find these guys, you know, in spots where you're not supposed to be able to get them. And there just aren't a whole lot of stories that we were able to find with Billy Epler's uh, draft record. So you put all this together and, you know, it's a very complicated profile to really evaluate. And I know I've talked about it previously about evaluating guys like Jerry DePoto and Tony Regans, but the Artie Moreno um, environment that is created with the Angels makes things very complicated to evaluate. And quite frankly, I I struggle with Billy Epler because I truly believe that he was putting the team in the right direction. But at the end of the day, not being able to get the team over the top was just the tipping point for him. Uh, but I just want to close out the Billy Epler discussion by just wishing him the best of luck, wherever that may end up being. It's pretty clear that this is a guy that knows what he's doing in a lot of different ways, and I'm sure he's going to find a spot somewhere. So I ultimately just like, I hope he finds a, a good situation after this. But there was another piece of information that was dropped after the Epler firing was announced, and Ken Rosenthal who's talked about this in the past, reported that Dave Dombrowski is very clearly one of the names that the Angels may potentially target. And this is something that we'll obviously have to monitor going forward. Uh, Dave Dombrowski is one of the most well-known general managers in recent baseball history. We obviously know his stories with the Expos and the Marlins and the Tigers, and most recently with the Boston Red Sox. And this is a guy that is very different than any GM the Angels have had. I know it's something that was brought up by Fabian Ardaya and Ken Rosenthal, but Angels owner uh, Artie Moreno didn't hire many experienced GMs to take over after the Bill Stoneman era. And Dave Dombrowski would obviously buck that trend as a guy who's been in the baseball industry for a long time and has a track record of getting success, but there has been some cause for concern with the way he does that is puts a lot of emphasis on the short term and basically neglects the long-term prospects of your organization. So if he is brought in, it's going to be entertaining for sure, but I think it's also going to (laughs) be probably a stressful time for a lot of Angels fans who 
want to hold on to some of their younger players, their top prospects, it might be a very different situation. But obviously, right now, we don't know anymore if he's actually going to be the GM. Uh, I think I mentioned in the last podcast or previous podcast that Dombrowski is one of the guys who is trying to get a major league baseball team and an expansion team in Nashville. So I'm not sure if this is actually real or not, but it's noteworthy because Ken Rosenthal is basically putting it out there. So coming up in a little bit, I'm going to talk about the American League playoff picture. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than it's ever been before. With 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors such as caramel brownie or cookies and cream, the Built Bar is one of the best protein bars out there. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and are soft and easy to chew. And most importantly, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bars are great for the health conscious guy or gal. They're great for losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber, and they are great for all sorts of diets, including the keto diet. And for a limited time, you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. So what are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Before getting back into the second segment, I just want to let you guys know that uh, coming up in the coming weeks for Locked On Angels coverage, I'm going to do a bunch of different activities regarding the Angels, whether it be evaluating and reviewing some of the individual players and their seasons for the Angels this year, what the Angels need to do this offseason to get themselves back into the playoffs, and I will be doing some playoff throwbacks through the month of October. So it feels fitting to talk about the upcoming American League playoff picture, despite the fact that the Angels are not going to be in it. I think most people listening are baseball fans who will almost certainly be tuning in to at least some of the games, and now we have the playoff picture full. It's complete. We've known who was going to be making the playoffs for quite a while, but the seeding still needs to be worked out. So I want to go through each of the first uh, playoff series that are going to be starting on Tuesday for the American League. And just a quick refresher, this is going to be a very different playoff format than we've ever seen in baseball before. Like I mentioned before, half the league is making the playoffs. So the first round is a best of three series between all of the teams. So you're going to have the one versus eight seed, two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five, et cetera, et cetera. And after that, you're going to go to the normal format of best of five division series, best of seven championship series, and obviously the best of seven in the World Series. So the first matchup I'm going to preview for the American League is the Tampa Bay Rays versus the Toronto Blue Jays. And this is probably the most lopsided matchup in the playoffs, but obviously we know that the playoffs bring out a lot of craziness, a lot of randomness, especially when we're talking about a three-game series. Anything can happen, but Tampa Bay has very clearly been the best team in the American League this year. They finished with 40 wins, won two-thirds of their games this season, and this is one of those teams you look at, and it's not like it's a team that has a ton of star power on it, but it's a team that's incredibly deep and has been able to withstand a ton of injuries this year and is one of the best teams in terms of building a roster with depth. And you look at their rotation, you've got Tyler Glass now, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton. You've got a really good bullpen, one of the best in the sport. And you have a position player group that's just, they're pretty good at everything, but not elite in any one area. It's just one of those teams that is 
just so well balanced across the roster. And if I'm putting my money on any team to make it out in the American League, I'm picking the Rays not because they're the best team in the American League, but also because they're just so incredibly built to make it work in this playoff format. In terms of the Jays, obviously this was a pretty fun story this year, but they're also probably the worst team in the American League in this format. But they're going to be fun to watch regardless. I mean, you look at guys like Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio. They made some rotation additions at the trade deadline, like kind of wanting to make a push for this year. I'm pretty excited to watch them. I think a lot of people are excited to see the baby Blue Jays uh, in the playoffs. It's been a couple years since we saw the Jose Bautista, Josh Donaldson, uh, Blue Jays teams, but this will be a fun series. I'm I'm not convinced that the Jays are going to make it very far, but I'm excited to see what they're going to do, and I'm excited to see this AL East matchup in the first round. Second series we're going to talk about, which is probably the best series in the American League in the first round, Oakland Athletics versus the Chicago White Sox. So talking about the Oakland Athletics, this is a team that has obviously been in the playoffs plenty over the last half decade. Uh, This year, they weren't great offensively. They were right around league average in terms of runs scored, weighted runs created plus. Same goes for the rotation, but everything else has just been so insanely good. They've got very good defense, very good base running team, probably the best bullpen in baseball, at least in terms of ERA. This is a really good team. I mean, they are pretty loaded in terms of depth. They're very similar to the Tampa Bay Rays. I will say not having Matt Chapman in the playoffs is a big deal. I mean, Chapman is obviously one of the best players in the sport. And I'll admit that Jake Lamb has filled in admirably for him, but they're probably going to miss him. And, you know, I'm curious to see what the A's are going to do. This is obviously a shorter series and there's a lot of randomness that can happen. And playing a White Sox team that was just super electric this entire season is not an easy first round matchup. And the White Sox were, look, they were the number one seed in the American League a couple weeks ago, and they kind of went into a tailspin the last couple weeks. They were obviously going to make the playoffs, but they fell a lot. I believe they lost eight of their last 10 games, but this is still a very dangerous team. Their position players led the league in, or led the sport in wins above replacement. They were second in the American League in runs. Obviously, guys like Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Tim Anderson. This was a very fun team to watch, and they got some pretty good results from their starting rotation, even though some of the underlying numbers are a little scary. Their rotation's a little thin, so I'd worry about them in terms of lasting longer into the postseason, but I think this is a real threat in the first round, and I'm really looking forward to watching this series. Next on the list is the Minnesota Twins versus the Houston Astros. Starting with the Twins, this was a team that did very well this year. They performed, they were fine, but the way they got to the postseason, the way they performed was a little different than people expected. I mean, this was a team coming into the year after adding Josh Donaldson and after breaking the single season home run record last year, they were high expectations for this offense and they just weren't great. I mean, they were okay. They were 18th in runs scored. They were top 10 in weighted runs created plus and, uh, wins above replacement, but they just quite, they weren't quite as good as we expected them to be, but the rotation came up and performed huge. They were fifth in the sport in wins above replacement. They were fifth in ERA. We saw great performances from guys like 
Jose Barrios and Rich Hill, Jake Odorizzi. And quite frankly, I'm still buying this team as being a very good offensive team in a 60 game season. There was just there it was a shorter sample. So I'm very interested to see what this team does in the playoffs. The Houston Astros, meanwhile, I mean, this was a it was amazing that the Astros went into such a tailspin and almost they're very pretty close to allowing the Angels to sneaking their way in there. And you look and see what's happened to that team this year. And if beyond even all of the sign stealing stuff, you just look at the injuries that they've gone through. I mean, you lost Justin Verlander after losing Garrett Cole in free agency this past offseason. I mean, they still have Zach Grinke, but that is a very thin rotation. And some of their position players like Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa haven't been very good. So this is a very different Astros team than we saw that was playing in Game 7 of the World Series last year. And I don't want to sell them too short. They still have guys like George Springer, Alex Bregman, Zach Greinke. But this team that was so good for so long and had depth across the roster is very stretched at the moment. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were basically one and done in the first round. And finally, let's talk about the Cleveland Indians and the New York Yankees. So Cleveland is just, they're such a weird team to evaluate because, you know, I, if I'm going to be totally honest, I've disagreed with the way they've ran their franchise over the last five years and all of the trades that they've made, but they've kind of proved at least me wrong. And by providing results on the field, they continue to trade some of their veterans who have less years of control, bring up another top, (laughs) top pitcher plug them in the rotation, and they're fine. And that's what they're doing this year. I mean, they traded Mike Clevenger, Corey Kluber. They traded Trevor Bauer last year and didn't really matter. One of the best rotations in the sport, and they're obviously led by Shane Bieber, who is very clearly going to win the AL Cy Young, just blew up to be one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. Obviously, it's a deep rotation. You've got guys like Carlos Carrasco and Zach Plezak, Aaron Savali, Tristan McKenzie. So this is a team that could really propel them deep into the playoffs, but this is a really bad position player unit. Jose Ramirez was very good this year, is going to be a uh, pretty close to being an MVP candidate. And even though Francisco Lindor wasn't quite himself this year, still a pretty good player, but you look beyond those two and this was just a bad position player unit. So that rotation is going to have to do what they've kept or they've been doing this whole year, or they're going to be out pretty early. And they're running into a Yankees team that has played extremely well and has managed to kind of get some of those uh, injured players back on the field. I mean, it was looking pretty rough for the Yankees for a while when they had all these injuries. They were kind of in a tailspin. I want to say they lost six or seven games in a row at one point in early September, but. They've got Aaron Judge back on the field. John Carlos Stanton's back on the field. They led the American League in runs scored. And they're going to throw Garrett Cole and Masahiro Tanaka in games one and two with uh, Garcia, their uh, rookie phenomenon in game three, probably. And I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people were down on the Yankees when they were going through that little tailspin. But this is a team that could really make a lot of noise. But I'm very excited for this first round uh, playoff matchup between Cleveland and the Yankees because you've got the really good rotation, the really good offense going head to head. So I'm very excited about that. But in terms of evaluating the playoff field as a whole, this is a really interesting field because I think it's different from the National League. And 
the NL, you have two teams that I believe are just very clearly the best teams in that league. You've got the Dodgers and the Padres, and I would be pretty surprised if those teams, at least one of those teams was not playing in the World Series this year. When you look at the American League, the only team I look at and say like, yeah, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, or maybe two teams, is probably Houston and the Blue Jays. As far as the other six teams, I could see any of those teams making it to the World Series. And as far as who's going to make it, I'm not quite sure. I still think the Rays are probably your best bet just because they've got some really good players, but they also have the depth to withstand some of the injuries. And I think one of the things I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast was this playoff format is very, it's a condensed schedule. There are a lot of games. There are no off days during the wild card series, the uh, division series, championship series, and world series. I believe they're fitting all of these games in with no off days. So that's going to be a problem for teams like probably Cleveland who are relying on their top heavy players. And if one of those guys gets hurt or they can't get Shane Bieber in a pitch, you know, on three games rest in a series, that's going to be a problem. So really interested to see how this plays out. Uh, This will be an interesting playoff uh, format. I'm still not sure it's what I want going forward, but I'm excited nonetheless. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Angels. As far as what's coming out later this week, I'm going to talk to the guys at Locked on Dodgers on Tuesday's episode. We'll get a preview of the Dodgers and I'll look at the rest of the National League field. And then later on in the week, I'm going to probably kickstart some of these series that I've been talking about, the player recaps, doing uh, postseason throwbacks and all that kind of stuff. So I'll keep everybody updated on what's coming, but that's kind of where I am at for right now. But before I get out of here, uh, just a reminder that if you need to contact me, you can email me at brentjmaguire94 at gmail.com. I will not be on social media here for a little while, so the best way to reach me is by my email. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to download and subscribe the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. But that's going to do it for today's episode. As a final note, make sure to go check out some of the uh, locked on podcasts for some of the other teams in the playoff field, such as the Dodgers, Padres, Rays, Athletics. It's, there's a lot of good stuff coming in the month of October for baseball and the playoff format. So make sure to go check out some of these other locked on networks. But that's going to do it for today. Thanks for joining. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk on Tuesday for Angels baseball and postseason baseball.